It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 13th of July. The bubble moves forward. Some initial thoughts from comments from the Jazz and what it must be like. Joe Ingles' season in review and how it could be different in the bubble. And the Lakers lose Rajon Rondo and Avery Bradley. What does it all mean for the West? Those things all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way more fun to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Today's show brought to you by rockauto.com. Reasonably low prices, incredible selection. It's rockauto.com. All right, so... We've had player interviews. Jazz are doing a great job of, uh, of having the, the players available to us and for conversation, and, and we've been able to hear those. Uh, we're beginning to get all the different comments from around the league, so we're beginning to get some observations from inside the bubble. Let me start on the court and then get off the court. So on the court, there's a subtle confidence to me to what's going on with the Jazz right now. I don't necessarily know you know that they're per se that they're right um, but it does seem that they have a little bit of a bounce to them they feel like they're in in good physical condition that they uh, that they all you know even listen to du- uh, Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck in in their media session they talked in a manner that was was incredibly proud of all the work the players had put in um, and I and you know almost a confidence to how incre- what incredible shape they're in you've heard Donovan kind of say that about the group um, at this point you've heard. Um, You've heard Joe Ingles talk about it. Jordan Clarkson revealed that a lot of the guys had actually been having you know runs together. They couldn't do it with the Jazz, and they couldn't do it in the Jazz facilities. So Jordan in Southern California had access to a court, and so they were getting out and playing in that regard. So there's, And then you have Mike, who had his court and his play, and Rajon seemed to be involved in that um, a lot. There, that, there does seem to be a little bit of a subtle confidence amongst the group that they're physically in pretty good condition. I know George Niang had some ankle soreness uh, and didn't participate. And then there seems to be, from Coach Quinn Snyder, we heard him talking about not wanting to get in their way, wanting them just to play, uh, that the Jazz are doing more five-on-five than other teams. Uh, I think it was Milwaukee hasn't done five-on-five yet. It sounds like the Jazz might have done five-on-five virtually every day. Um, so I think that you know there's just these different approaches right now, and there does seem to be a little bit of a subtle confidence amongst the Jazz players about where they are. The most, the biggest overriding thing that's jumped out to me as we sit here on July 13th and have you know the opening four or five days of the bubble is they don't play for 17 days. It's a long time still. This. The fishing, the beer bonging, the cute pictures that are all coming out of the bubble right now, the guys all walking in with their masks and doing their thing, that's going to get old in a hurry. This, 
the, the, the number one thing that jumps out to me is, you know, the Jazz usually go to training camp about four or five practices, and then the last few years have played that Australian game. And you usually take a day off or two in there. Now, they had had an extended run usually in September where guys are going, but that's nagging. Like, the, the guys are, it nags on them. In that stretch of time, training camp gets is fast and it gets old in a hurry. I can't express that to you enough. But in training camp, they're also going home. They're also getting situated for the season. There's a lot of think the family's coming to town. Sometimes their family doesn't come town for the first part and they're getting the house ready and then their family comes midway through. Like there's all if they have kids and they probably have come in to get into school, like there's all there's none of that. And the wildest one to me is if you've practiced three days in a row, usually in the collective bargaining agreement actually says at some point you have to give your team a day off. But I don't know that a day off in the Orlando bubble is a good thing. All it does to these guys is makes them realize how lonely they are, how separated they are. Like, they're there to do one thing, which is to play basketball, but you can't practice three hours a day. You can't go do all this stuff all the time. Um, I think this is going to get hard awfully quickly um, in in a lot of ways. And, you know, I don't know what the... Like, I don't know how they're cutting loose or letting it fly or relaxing or, like, you know, the the bubble's massive, right? There's a golf course and there's things to do. They have a lot of things to do. But, I, you know, it's I think it's still going to feel really confined. So, I, you know, as we sit here four, four days in, the two major takeaways I have on this are, one, there does seem to be a nice confidence and bounce to the jazz and an excitement and the energy of the group seems to be really good. And Quinn seems excited about the way they came together and the seriousness and that they got there and they're ready, you know, that they're, they're really ready to go, right? They're, they're there to play basketball and to try to win and, and to do those things, um, which is great. And then part two of the equation is that I just think this is going to get really long and really wear on people in a really uh, big way. And I don't know how that manifests itself. Is it going to be internal, like, team issues? Um, Could we have, like, I don't know, like, are we going to end up with, like, a fight in a preseason, like one of those scrimmage games? Um, I don't even know what those scrimmage games really are, by the way. Are they going to be full games? Do you work on plays? I I have no idea how the coaches are going to address those. Uh, so anyway, I, that's just my thought. Um, it's going to manifest in some manner, whether we ever find out about it as fans outside of the bubble and, and media outside the bubble, or whether, um, we are just supposing that that's the issue all the time will be the issues. But I, I, I think that there's, there's something, um, there's certainly something there. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy. Uh, great lineup of trucks. I mean, there's just nothing quite like a Chevy truck, right? That is Americana. That is Chevy. Utah and the Murdochs have been together for 90 years. That's Murdoch Chevy located in Woods Cross, also in Logan. And when you start to think about Chevy, it's that Silverado truck, that big, powerful, 
luxury truly if you've been in that it feels like you're just like you're the king of the road and you're sitting there and you're having this it's 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 incredible ride it's so smooth i equated to like sitting in a lazy boy chair you're so comfortable felt like it could drive forever uh and then there's the colorado the versatile smaller able to do uh you know get around in it move it around more uh obviously uh uh, a little less expensive. Great truck lineup. The SUV lineup, I've driven the Equinox, loving it. The Blazer got me a ton of compliments along the way, and you have the, the standbys, the Suburban and the Tahoe. It's all at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Crossing and Logan. If you're looking for a Chevy, that's the place to go. Email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. I'll set you up with a VIP meeting. Today's show is also brought to you by Rock Auto. Dot com. Chain stores have different pricing tiers for professional mechanics or do-it-yourselfers. Rock Auto's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. When you go to RockAuto.com, you'll see the amazing catalog, uniquely prepared, remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer you'll get the reliably low prices at rockauto.com same for professionals and for do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much on parts go to rockauto.com while you're there right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so you know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. One of the interesting parts of this season, to me, is Joe Ingles. And Joe Ingles really became a point guard in this season and played with the ball in his hands a tremendous amount and is really good at it. The problem that I've talked about a lot with Joe Ingles in that regard is that Joe Ingles can't pass to himself. And so when you looked at Joe Ingles early in the year and he had some shooting number problems, to me what those were is that his shot selection had completely changed based on the fact that he was playing with the ball in his hands so much. Now, we've gotten to the point now where Joe's back up to 40% three-point shooting. And he's getting six a game. He was getting seven. So, you know, over time, Joe got right back to the number that we're most comfortable with, and we know him. But if you recall, as the season played out, that was not always the case. In November, he goes 6 of 19, or October, he goes 6 of 19 from 3. In November, he shot 28% from 3. Then he got red hot in December, shooting 53% from 3. January, 42% from 3. February, he cooled off again. Went back to, he really had a bad February. 35% from the field, 29% from 3. And then was on fire right before we left uh, the season. Remember, in, in, you know, and, and weird scoring by months, too. October, six points a game. November, eight points a game. December, 14 points a game. January, 12 points a game. February, six points a game again. And then March, nine points a game. All playing about the same amount of minutes. So his, he, he just kind of was all over that. But by the end of it, Joe was Joe, right? He's shooting 44%. He's shooting 40% from three. Here's some of the things I think are interesting to what's happened with Joe, and then I think will possibly change a little bit in the bubble 
uh, with the way the Jazz are playing without Boyan Bogdanovich. Let, let, let's look at Joe's three-point shooting. So Joe is a catch-and-shoot guy. He's shooting 44% this year and 35% off the bounce. Really uh, incredible improvement by Joe. And an equal distribution of three-point shots off the bounce and catch-and-shoot. If you go to where Joe kind of started his career uh, with the Jazz and you take it back to 2016-17 or even 2015-16, he was almost exclusively a catch-and-shoot player. So in 15-16, he took two and a half threes a game. Two of them were catch-and-shoot, and they were at 42%. If you go to 16-17, uh, and, and remember Joe begins to get a little bit more aggressive and start to shoot um, a little bit more. He takes three and a half threes a game, Two and a half of them are catch and shoot, one of them off the bounce, and he gets way better at that. That's the breakout year. He shoots 40% on his off the bounce three, and he shoots 46% on his catch and shoot. I mean, this is one of the great catch and shoot guys in the league. Next year, similar. Now he's up to six threes a game. He's taking four and a half of them as catch and shoot, and one and a half is off the bounce. He's at 46% catch and shoot, 37% pull up. It's amazing. Like, this is just a. But now in the 18-19 season, he starts to play with the ball in his hands more. He's up to six threes, but four of them are catch and shoot, and two of them are pull-ups. And he is playing, and he's shooting 40% on his catch and shoot and 38% on his pull-ups. And this is where his game changed this year, is all of a sudden the catch and shoots and the pull-ups are the exact same amount. Now, to his credit, he's still 44% on catch and shoot. And let me just take a second and walk back through this so we understand where I'm going to go with this. Listen to these numbers again. These are his catch and shoot three-point percentages since 15-16. 42, 46, 46, 40, and 44. It's incredible. And to his credit, he just, and he evolved as a player to do all these other things. The next stage of this is, so how do we get Joe back to catch and shoot? Well, really, it's how do we get Joe back to corner threes? Because what has changed in Joe's game is not only the lack of catch and shoot threes, and Joe will tell you it's a little bit of teams aren't freeing him. I think there's some truth to that. I don't want to minimize that. But the amount of, Joe's shot percentage, when he first when we first look at these data, when he first started, he took 36% of his shots as three-point corner threes. Then in 17-18, it dropped to 29.5. In 18-19, it dropped to 26. And this year, it's down to 19% of his shots are corner threes. Or 19% of his three-point attempts. Not of his shots, of his three-point attempts. Well, he's a 46% career three-point shooter from the corners he's one of the best he's 50 percent over the last three years from the right corner when his left hand is out but he doesn't get that shot anymore and one of the main reasons he doesn't get that shot is i think because boyan bogdanovich is in that spot boyan's the one getting that shot if we look at boyan and we start breaking down his shot selection and what he gets you're going to see that that shot is coming from the corner <clears throat> to Boyan Bogdanovich at a, at a pretty good rate. So Boyan shoots a lot, so his percentage of shots is not going to be as high, but he takes 28% of his three-point attempts 
as a corner three. He's great, 45%, 47% this year. But I think we're going to see from Joe a little bit more of that than, we, than we've been able to see from him in the previously. And this could be really good for Joe. Play off the ball, let Mike Conley handle when he's on the floor with Mike because as we talked about earlier this week, when Mike and Joe and Donovan have been on the floor together, the Jazz have struggled. That group has not really worked this year. But now maybe it allows Joe to start doing some things that he would hasn't been doing otherwise. So if we look at Joe's just general shot chart, he takes about 7.7 shots a game. And we're going to need more out of him on that. And he's taken 30 left corner threes and 36 right corner threes. So, you know, not even basically one corner three a game. He's taking two two or three above the break threes a game. He's good at all spots except for angle left. And now I think you're going to see that open up for him a little bit. Contrast that to Boyan. Okay, so Boyan, who uh, prior to the injury had, had played all, it's played 63 of the 64 games, was taking 15 shots a night. So Joe's taking eight. You know, there's a lot of shots that are suddenly available. There's 15 shots that are available to be distributed to guys that aren't going to be playing, as we've talked about all last week, that many more minutes. Now, this is, it's hard to find, you know, when we're talking about this, this is good for Joe. Is it going to make the team better? <laughs> hard to figure out uh, in the sense that, you know, Boyan averaging, taking seven threes a game and making them at 41%, and of his corner threes, you know, of those seven threes a game, 28% of them are corner threes, and he's at 47%. That's going to be a hard one for us to get. But he's he's taken 100 and one hundred and fifty-four corner threes on the season. One hundred fifty-two corner threes on the season. So he's taking almost three a game, and that's where Joe's going to find himself now. Is in those corners. Royce probably comes up, doesn't get that shot as much, and Joe plays that role offensively. The other thing it does is, you know, Boyan was getting probably a few more pick and rolls than anyone realized. And so Joe now comes in off that pick and roll and works it in that fashion uh, and is able to do uh, some pretty cool things with that. So I think it's going to be super interesting to see how Joe Ingles plays with this team in the bubble in this new offensive role. And particularly, you know, there's a seems to be a talk about the Jazz playing freer and more open and penetrating. And I think we're going to get Joe back to the catch and shoot Joe um, that we that we saw out of him in his early stages where he is at his best. Now that's not like don't misunderstand what I'm saying. It's not that I mean his development of his game and how he's uh much you know built that aspect of his game to be able to play off the bounce was is incredible and necessary and the work he's done with various coaches that he's worked with throughout the time is is you know pretty awesome uh Zach Guthrie for a long time and Vince LaGarza recently and I'm sure he's worked with other coaches um as well and and that that was the next step in his game but I think we could see him come back to playing the catch-and-shoot Joe, which is a different player. Joe runs 21% of all of our pick-and-rolls this season. 
Anytime he's got the ball in his hands, he can't distribute it to somebody else. Donovan's been at 33%. Mike's been at 18%. I think that number changes as as the as we get to the bubble. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it. The other one is that Boyan ran 8% of our pick and rolls. Not very well either, by the way. Um, you know, that was our weakest pick and roll, but Quinn believes in that opportunity. Well, now that ball gets to Joe, and now Joe, if he's coming off the right corner with his left hand where he's his best shooter could come off a low pick and roll with a left hand in the middle of the lane either for a floater or an easy strong-handed pass to the other corner and hit Donovan maybe for the more catch and shoots we talk about that Donovan needs to get we'll talk more about the evolution of Donovan's game as the week goes on as we zero in on some of these players and what we expect from them. so it should be really interesting that is my thoughts on on Joe Ingles we'll look at where the Lakers are and where they stand as we continue today's show is brought to you in part by a homie the real estate world in Utah Las Vegas all around is now being changed by Homie. I drove through Las Vegas just the other day. There it was. Big teal Homie billboard. Why? Because Homie is changing the way we view real estate. It's changing the way commissions work. Is saving money, selling houses faster, selling houses for more money, and changing the way everyone interacts with uh, the real estate world. So check it out. You can go to Homie.com. Also, uh, you can text them and tell them you heard from me, which is really what I would probably prefer if you really want to get right down to it. Um, that that would be the that would be the much preferred size. So if you text eight eight five eight eight to or text lock to eight eight five eight eight, an experienced local homie agent will help you every step of the way. Buying or selling a house, homie can do it both for you. Text lock l o c k e to eight eight five eight eight. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple because, let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. First injury of the bubble, Rajon Rondo breaks his thumb in practice. I tell you what, it's not good news for the Lakers because we're into a game of attrition, right? So now Alex Caruso tests positive or Danny Green tests positive or Caldwell Pope tests positive. They're getting thin, fast. But they're not better when Rajon Rondo is on the floor. Their assist rate falls off the map. He doesn't shoot it well. Um, he has going to have a large role with Avery Bradley out, and I think that was actually possibly to be a problem for them. Their offense was two points worse 
per 100 possessions when Rondo was on the floor. Their defense was five points worse per 100 possessions when Rondo's on the floor. This is not a problem for them. Rondo's differential was a minus 6.8. It's the worst on the roster. The problem for the Lakers is that when they lost Avery Bradley, they were going to play Rajon Rondo. The good news for the Lakers is now for eight weeks, that's not an option. The problem for the Lakers is that eight weeks, they might still be playing. And they'll have to get out of his Motel 6 scenarios. He's such a jerk. But this for the Lakers, Avery Bradley... So Alex Caruso's had this like great run. Everyone wants to blame Avery Bradley for not giving Alex Caruso his minutes. That's that's fine. I actually think you know while eight while they were a little better defensively with Avery Bradley on the floor and they weren't quite as good offensively, Avery Bradley to me had great value to them. He was long, tough, defensive minded. Add him with Danny Green. Add him with Alex Caruso. Add it with LeBron, with Anthony Davis, with Dwight Howard. You now have length. Toughness, Caldwell Pope, uh, uh, Kuzma's not doesn't play that same tough style. I've not forgotten about him. And they had a personality in that defensively. With out Avery Bradley, Rajon Rondo was going to have to pick up those minutes. I mean, you look at minutes played. Avery Bradley's sixth on that roster in minutes played. The problem with losing Rajon Rondo is not what happens on the floor. In fact, they probably, as I, as I think I very clearly, very quickly documented, I mean, their shooting percentage is three points worse when he's on the floor, and their defensive field goal effective field goal percentage is three points worse when he's on the floor. Like, it's not good. So getting rid of Rondo doesn't hurt them at all. What does hurt them is now they don't have Avery Bradley, which has been 1,200 minutes. Now they don't have Rajon Rondo, which is 1,000 minutes. Where are those minutes going? Well, the easy answer is Alex Caruso. But, like, we don't know depth, fatigue, and those types of items that take place. Now, the Lakers are fortunate in that they don't have to um, deal with the fact that they, uh, that any of these early games matter. They're 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 literally there for a month with with nothing to do, and so they'll they'll think their their injury risk is probably lower. But if Quentin Cook suddenly has to play, I don't know. They only have one lineup, by the way, without both Avery Bradley and without both Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo that's played more than a hundred possessions, and that's Caldwell Pope, Danny Green, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Javale McGee. Then they do that same lineup with Dwight Howard. Neither of them are great, by the way. Plus 2.3 with JaVale McGee, plus 3.7 with Dwight Howard. They're better when they suddenly bring Kuzma in and slide Anthony Davis to the five. Then they get pretty unbelievably good. And when they have Alex Caruso out there, they get pretty unbelievably good. I mean, they're great. But those are really small sample sizes. So there's a war of attrition going on right now for the Lakers that's not great. Losing Rondo is fine. Losing Rondo and Bradley, who play the same position, similar minutes, is not great in a game where we just don't know what's going to happen. By the way, like, talk about, like, I'm, I'm not the big, like, oh, the news media. If I understand what has happened here, and I have not missed it, and maybe a news story is going to come out, am I trying? 
I believe that NBA has entered every player into the bubble without a positive test. Have I missed it? Did I miss it? I, I, has there been a positive test of a player entering the bubble? My expectation on this whole thing, without any scientific background, was that the NBA would have a ton of positive tests when they all came back in the facility and started getting testing. Oh, I just see it. Rockets Westbrook positive for coronavirus. Okay. So we actually have a player that entered in being positive. We'll see if any more come out. Tests are, I think, being revealed the final bit of it. Um, oh, but wait a sec. Westbrook announced he tested positive before the team departed. So as of right now, we don't have anyone who's entered the bubble positive. That is really an incredible moment. If, if in fact, the ja- now you'll learn. Like, But I thought we were going to have a ton of positive tests and another whole f- span of positive tests when they entered the bubble. And then you're going to try to get down to no positive tests before we end up in the in the bubble or in the season. But we'll see. Now, guys are going to have to hold this together. It's going to be tough. They're going to, as we talked about the open the show, they're going to get really bored. All right, that is Locked on Jazz. Thank you very much. Tomorrow's show will be late getting out. I'm not quite sure when and if, frankly. It's a little bit of a tough one. We're out here for a golf tournament in Southern California, so trying to make it work. Thank you very much for tuning in. Rejecting the Screen is a fun NBA show. If you haven't listened to Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, add that to your list by telling your smart device to play the most recent episode of Rejecting the Screen. And if you haven't subscribed to this show on iTunes or followed it on Spotify, please do. And if you'd like to leave a review, I'd greatly appreciate that as well. Thanks very much. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.